My entitled aunt tries to force me to watch her toddler at a party. And despite me telling them no multiple times, she intentionally kept sending her kids over to me to beg me to watch them. And I simply was not having it. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk and hit the bell for more videos. I have a really big family on my dad's side. And by big, I mean really, really big. So I'm not really close with everyone. I was at my great aunt's birthday party and I was having a good time catching up and talking with all kinds of family members. I was just hanging out when one of my younger cousins walked up to me and kept saying over and over again that he wanted to play. I played with him for like five minutes and kind of made him go back to his mom so I could continue to talk to other people. I had the habit of playing with little kids at family parties as well as having to watch them, which is fine because I normally don't like to talk to my family anyways. At this party, I was having a really good time and I didn't want to watch any of these kids. So, thinking about my best interest, I didn't do it. When I went back to being social, it was just like it was for just a little while. But this little boy kept coming over again and again, and I would constantly keep telling him, no, please go back to your mom. A minute later after his visit, which at this point was starting to get super annoying, his older sister, who's about eight years old, came up to me and said, my mom wants you to watch my brother. I looked at her and I said, tell your mom that I'm busy. She then continued to tell me that I had to watch him, so I had to tell her firmly, no, I'm not doing that. Not only was this lady trying to get me to watch her kid, but she was sending her other kid to tell me what to do, and I honestly was not about to have that. I continued to talk and enjoy myself for a good minute, but this lady walks up behind me with the boy in her arms. I saw her in the corner of my eye and completely turned my back, and my adult friend pulled me close to protect me. She knew what was going on, and I am so thankful for her. I pretended to be busy and I grab a drink, and she walked walked off and did it again five minutes later. This may seem like I'm a bad person or I'm just misunderstanding what she was doing, but trust me when I say this, I'm not being rude. When I was talking with my adult friend, we were talking at the entrance of a small garage and my back was to the entrance of the garage, so I was facing inside. This lady walked up a few feet behind me and just stood there. No one was behind me, no one she could be talking to, no reason for her to even be standing there. She was just standing there. This situation made me feel very uneasy and incredibly uncomfortable. I was even scared and I don't know why. I wasn't sure what was about to happen. So I have to ask the question. Was she being entitled? Do you think I was just overreacting? I just need some advice on what to think about this situation because it was so weird. My dad made me feel better about this because he said he would never make me watch anybody's kids. Also, this lady and her husband are bad people in the family. They are constantly under the influence and just all around really bad people. I feel bad for their four kids who have to put up with this level of manipulation. So was I in the wrong for this situation? Should I have at least watched those kids out of just some kind of obligation simply because she's my aunt? What should I have done? I think you did the right thing by standing up for yourself and making it very clear that no, I'm not going to watch your kids. It doesn't matter if you've done it in the past and they somehow expect you to do it again. In no way, shape, or form should you have to be forced to watch kids at a party where you just want to relax and talk with other people. In all actuality, this is the parents' responsibilities to entertain their kid and have something for them to do, or to at least have some kind of prearranged situation where you can look to some other family member and say, hey, I asked you ahead of time, can you watch my kid for an hour while I go socialize? It's really that simple, but it seems like people nowadays, especially if you're entitled, don't know how to do any kind of pre-planning, so they just spring it on a family member and say, okay, see you later, have fun. So good for this original poster for standing up for themselves and setting some serious boundaries, because entitled family members will never learn their lesson 
lesson unless you stand up for yourself and sometimes just tell them no. I dumped my girlfriend right around the anniversary of her mother passing away and now no matter how hard I try, she simply does not want to get back together with me. What should I do? Let me first provide some context. We were together three months but in that short time, things got very intense very quickly. We'd fallen in love to be honest. However, there were minor squabbles. Nothing major but she had a tendency to stretch minor arguments out, often over two or three days for no apparent reason. I played a role too in prolonging these arguments by rationalizing my position. These were silly, minor disagreements but I found the whole routine exhausting to the point where I wondered if we should continue together if this was how the future would be. Fast forward to the start of July. My ex's mom passed away in July, a few years back, and she was being extra argumentative that week. Stupidly, I thought it was just another argument and didn't think that maybe her mom's anniversary might be affecting her mood. So I ended it with her a few days before the anniversary. Honestly, I was an idiot and didn't think that maybe she was suffering. I gave it a few days to calm down. In truth, I missed her and I wanted her back. So I reached out on her mom's anniversary. I told her I was thinking of her and that we should talk after a couple of days. I didn't want to hurt a significant day with our drama. To cut a long story short, in those few days, she told me that she had a date lined up and didn't want me in her life anymore. I've been pretty much blocked ever since then. There were a couple of times where we texted and she told me to leave her alone. I thought maybe her anger may have subsided, but not yet, apparently. I did send her flowers as an apology and she thanked me for them via text message. That was a week ago today. Since then, it's been radio silence. I do respect that she wants to be left alone, but also, I want her to know that I love her and I want her back. How can I do this when we are not speaking anymore? Should I just keep up the no contact? Even though, honestly, this is just so hard for me to do? How should I approach this? What should I do? I think your ex-girlfriend has made it very clear that she does not want you in her life. You dumped her around the anniversary of her mom passing away. If that happened to me, I would not want anything to do with my ex. And it's really weird for you to assume that she has to reach out to you in some way. Like she's already said, hey, stop messaging me. I don't want anything to do with you. And then you go ahead and send her flowers. Like, I'm sorry. I know you still love her, but she does not love you anymore. And I think you need to respect those wishes. And if you really do love her, then you would allow her to have some time to figure things out. In my opinion, if she wanted to get back together with you, she would have made the first move and done that already. But it looks like she already has another date lined up and she wants to move on. Plus, you've only been together for three months. In the grand scheme of things, that is not very long, to be completely honest. And to be honest, it sounded like this was not a very healthy relationship. I mean, minor arguments stretching out for two or three days? That sounds absolutely obnoxious, and I personally would not want to be in that kind of relationship. So in my opinion, just leave her alone. Move on, find somebody else, and work on yourself. Because you can find a relationship that doesn't involve your significant other arguing with you and stretching arguments out for two or three days at a time. No one needs that in their life. I'm worried that my girlfriend of eight months may be a scammer due to a bunch of red flags. Yet despite all that, my brain and heart are at war and I'm not sure if I should stay with her or not. Well, I'm probably an idiot for asking this, but I just have to do it. I am concerned that my long-distance girlfriend of eight months isn't real and is possibly a scammer. This should be an open and shut case, but my mind has been fighting what my heart wants to believe. So I'm going to turn to some strangers on the internet to get some advice and some perspective. To make a long story short, we met through Instagram with her reaching out to me. We eventually transitioned to WhatsApp by her suggestion. After a few months, she confessed to liking me. Me, someone who hasn't been with someone for years or felt accepted, finally had someone who was doing 
doing just that. She was excited and has been saying she wants to move to where I live to be with me since we've been together. However, despite these claims, we have never spoken on the phone or through video call despite my asking. She had said we would do it soon and then soon never came multiple times. And the only thing I've been able to glean from her is that she is a crypto investor. To keep things brief, here are just a few things that have been giving me some red flags lately that make me have some doubts. For one, all of her photos look like they were taken from a third party. Even some of the selfies look way too modeled. There are also large, intricate tattoos on large areas that are in one picture and then gone in the next. She claims these tattoos were just fake and she washed them away. She has also changed her WhatsApp number three times in the span of two days to avoid creeps, which could be true regardless. She also asks me for gift cards and has avoided giving me names of her family and friends, stating that I'll meet them one day. She's also wanted me to invest in cryptocurrency for our future together despite my hesitation. She's also wanted my bank account information so that she could deposit a check and wanted me to open up a second phone line for her to use. And lately, to really top it all off, she's been sending one or two messages in the afternoon, then disappearing for the rest of the day and sometimes all the next day. I know I should probably be able to tell myself, but my heart really wants to overlook all of this. And it makes me feel scared that if she is real, then I would be ruining something fantastic. What should I do? This is not a real person. This is absolutely a scammer. They're asking for gift cards. They want your bank information. They want you to invest in some cryptocurrency that you've never heard of. She refuses to have any video calls and she's not naming any of her family members. And you've never even talked to her on the phone. I'm honestly surprised your relationship lasted even this long. I think the old saying goes that if it quacks like a duck, walks like a duck, and goes to the bathroom like a duck, unfortunately, my friend, you're dating a duck. Or in this case, a complete con artist. You should delete this person from your contacts and absolutely pray that you didn't give them any of your information. And it really sucks because these are super obvious red flags and it sounds like the original poster is really lonely and has never really felt it accepted like that. And shame on the scammer for playing into that and making them feel loved and wanted, all for the sake of getting their bank account as well as their money. I mean, this is just really gross and disgusting overall. But also, how on earth could someone possibly fall for this? These are literally the classic signs that somebody is a scammer. The second someone asks for gift cards or my bank account, I'm going to be like, yeah, we're not dating anymore. Also, who is this? I mean, you've never even spoken on the phone or had a video chat. That to me is a deal breaker after like a month. So do yourself a favor and block this person everywhere and move on and try and find somebody who really will love you because no normal relationship would have this many red flags and not in some way be linked back to a scammer. My boyfriend of more than four years doesn't want to propose and honestly, I don't know what to do. I've currently been together with my boyfriend for about six years. We've been living together for five years too. Ever since we started dating each other, I've been very clear that I want to get married someday in the near future. We live in a country where couples live together like married couples do, but without actually being married. And to me, it is sadly too normalized. I told him that we needed to talk and I asked him directly why he hasn't proposed or hasn't taken any initiative asking what rings I like. He tells me that he's been thinking of proposing for about a year and a half, but since I don't help out at home, he's been hesitant and says that he thought about the future. He says, how's this going to work if we have kids in the future? And I proceeded to ask him why he hasn't said anything for almost a year and a half. He says, I was afraid of how you were going to react. I gave him an ultimatum and I told him that if he doesn't propose within six months, I'm breaking up with him. This now has caused him to ask me in almost every conversation what rings I like. So I backed out of the ultimatum. It just 
didn't feel right and I apologize to him. Almost every time I ask him how much I should help out at home, he gives me a vague answer like, just help out sometimes. I just feel very disappointed in him. He is normally a very reasonable person. I feel guilty that I don't help out at home as often as I should, but I work full time as a nurse and he works from home. I happen to have ADD too, but I have been trying to get things done at home lately. I started to empty and start the dishwasher and sometimes help out with the laundry, but to be honest, I constantly feel like I'm the bad guy in the relationship and I'm having a bit of a mental breakdown internally. I am now having even more trouble sleeping at night. I don't feel like I can express being sad or angry around him and it's been like that for a while in the relationship, so that's not entirely his fault. After that whole conversation with my boyfriend, I ask him if there's anything more that has hindered him from proposing and he brings up the fact that I want to go to med school and that he doesn't think I take initiative when we're spending time together. We both live together in a small apartment, so there's no personal space. He's always home because of work. I told him that it would be nice to get flowers for Valentine's Day, even though he believes that Valentine's Day is a commercial day. And despite my requesting, I have never received any flowers on Valentine's Day, even though I said that I would really appreciate the gesture. On our free time, we hang out with his friends and family, but he never takes the initiative to suggest dinner by ourselves unless I've said something about it first. I honestly feel like I'm being taken for granted and I honestly don't know what to do next. What should I do? Your boyfriend does not sound like a nice person and it just sounds like he's making excuses as to why he doesn't want to propose. It sounds like he's really just beating around the bush. To be honest, there's nothing wrong with you wanting to go to med school. If he cared, he'd be happy for you because that's a fantastic career to get into and I'm honestly surprised he wouldn't be more involved in trying to get you going. But instead, he's coming up with these really weird excuses as if this is somehow a deal breaker for getting married. In my opinion, it really doesn't sound like he wants to get married to you. And it doesn't sound like he's taking this very seriously. So if I was in your shoes, I would really be looking hard at this relationship to see if this is something that I want in the future. You've made it very clear to him multiple times, even attempting an ultimatum at one point, that you really do want to get married. And if he's not taking that seriously, then I think you really need to reconsider if this relationship is even right for you. Two of my friends are going through a divorce and it's really put me in a weird position and I'm not sure what to do. I've known John and Sarah since 2016. Those are not their real names. I originally met John first. We used to work together, but over the years, I became good friends with both of them. John and Sarah separated last year and are currently in the process of legally getting a divorce. They're really committed to staying on good terms with one another, so I'm trying to stay friends with both of them. The problem that's coming up now is that John and Sarah have this big party they throw at the end of the summer, which is a big event in our industry, rather than just a personal thing for friends. They decided that they don't want to just cancel the party altogether, but agreed it would be way too stressful to try and host it together while they're still in the middle of getting a divorce. So John decided to step down from hosting and let Sarah take point on the party. Sarah asked me if I would co-host the party with her, which is basically committing to working the party instead of attending as a guest. Sarah did not run this by John since he's no longer involved in the planning and he independently asked me if I would be his 
this date to the event, which I feel like means I can't be running into the kitchen to help his ex-wife with food and other responsibilities the whole night. Because if I do that, that's going to make him look really bad in front of everyone. So this is definitely a situation where I have to pick one or the other. I haven't answered either one of them because I feel like no matter how amicable they say the divorce is, someone's feelings are going to end up getting really hurt. Am I reading this situation correctly? And is there any good etiquette I can apply here? What should I do? This is definitely a tricky situation because John and Sarah are getting a divorce. So helping one out as the co-host of the party definitely means it's going to be a little awkward for the other one when you're their date to the party. So you're absolutely right. You got to pick one or the other. In my opinion, though, I think you should really go with whoever asked you first. And it looks like Sarah's the one who came to you first and said, hey, could you help me out with this party? It can be a really good cop out. And if there's any issues, he can work it out with Sarah. That way you're not stuck in the middle, which honestly right now it kind of seems like you are, which really should not be the case. I think the riskier option would be going as John's date to this event, especially with his ex-wife running it. I think helping run it yourself would be a much better look, especially if this party is really good for whatever industry you work in, as opposed to being the date for John. Because you're right, you definitely can't do both at the same time. That would not work and it really would be a bad look. So in my opinion, I would just go and be the co-host. It could end up being a really good networking experience and in my opinion is a much better look than being John's date for the night. Especially if everybody knows that they're going through a divorce. A lot of assumptions can be made with that and I don't think you want to be involved in that. So yeah, hopefully this all works out and hopefully John and Sarah are mature about this and are able to respect your decision no matter who you decide to help out. Today I messed up by blasting drywall dust through my home as I'm doing renovations and I'm honestly not sure what to do. This happened two days ago. My wife and I are upgrading our early 1960s house with brand new appliances so I recently removed the old gas furnace from the furnace closet in the middle of the house so we can turn it into a walk-in pantry. This left several large holes in the ceiling that I'm trying to patch. Based on the layout of the ceiling and the wood framing, I had to trim back a bit of the existing drywall, aka sheetrock, before installing new pieces of drywall to patch the holes. The house is old enough that if this was the original drywall, it could have been made with asbestos. I'm somewhat up to date on the dangers of asbestos, and while I don't believe it's the crazy, toxic, cancer, 100% guaranteed boogeyman it's been made out to be, I do try to take a few precautions to limit my exposure just in case. I wear an N95 mask and I use a shop vac, holding the nozzle as close to the cutting tool as possible. So, on Saturday morning, I made a few cuts with my oscillating multi-tool, then stopped the vacuum and looked around. The air in my kitchen was super thick and full of dust. I figured I wasn't doing a very good job of catching the dust with the vacuum, so I held the nozzle right up against the multi-tool blade and continued to cut. But the dust in the air only got worse, and I honestly couldn't figure it out. So I finished up my cuts, and I started vacuuming up the dust that fell to the floor and noticed the dust was shooting out of the exit port of the vacuum into the kitchen. And that's when I remembered that the last time I used the shop vac was to suck up water from the garage floor, and I had removed the filter. So instead of neatly catching and containing the dust, I was forcefully blowing it throughout the house. I ended up getting everybody out of the house, opening up the windows, and used a box fan to clear it out, while also running a filter for several hours. Now the air seems fine, and I expected to see a fine layer of dust on all horizontal surfaces, but there is surprisingly little. I also spent a long time cleaning out the shop vac internals, so that I won't continue to spray drywall dust the next time I use it. But is this enough? Should I have done more? Am I in the clear? I'm just not sure if I need to wipe off everything with a damp cloth, or if this is a sign that, yep, I probably 
probably should just move. What should I do? While I'm definitely not about to give you advice on what you should or shouldn't do in a situation like this, mostly because I have no idea what I'm talking about, I legitimately can only imagine how unbelievably frustrating that would be to have to clean all that dust off of all of my furniture. I think I would go crazy, and I also think I would probably hire someone to do it for me. The cleanup for that would probably be obnoxious, and I would not be a fan of that. You can always call like a safety repair place and ask them specifics about asbestos and see if they have any idea of if you need to do more than just wipe things down. And if anything, they would probably know somebody who could help you out with getting this cleaned up and making sure that everything's safe. But either way, I hope it all works out for you. And hopefully this is just an easy fix and you can get back to renovating your house. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And the next time you live stream, use the cream of the crop music. Search cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever platform you use for copyright free music to use for your next stream.